devastated. We're a very close family. Um, we're a very, very close family. Um, and my mother was the glue that held us all together. I can't comprehend what was going through this man's mind at this time. It just hurts why somebody would do that. Was retired but he took on a job working security and he took on a responsibility to, to protect the customers and the, the employees in the store and he did exactly what he signed up for. It's hard for me to believe, you know, all that happened to my sister. I know she deserved this. My sister survived breast cancer and three aneurysm surgeries to go to the grocery store to get killed. She's with 
a very caring person. She was a very loving person. And like I said, she would do anything for me or anybody on the street, too. The shooting exposed the growing threat of domestic terrorism in the U.S. and the increasing number of hate crimes, fueled by right-wing conspiracy theories about racial replacement, amplified and mainstreamed by cable news, social media, and politicians. And I condemn those who spread the lie for power, political gain, and for profit. Biden stopped short of making specific promises. He called on Congress to act on gun control and online radicalization. Part of what the country has to do is look in the mirror and face the reality. We have a problem with domestic terror. It's real. As the president and his motorcade passed through this shattered community, residents wondered what good words are if they don't bring action to stop the viral spread of hate. And we've been hunted down like animals in the streets. Don't just promise us things. You promised us things before and you never made it happen. Few believe this will be the last attack at the hands of a white supremacist. They can only hope their warnings about the price of inaction are heard. Listening to Reset Race, you now tuned in to Reset Race. Uh, uh, you're listening to Reset Race, you're now tuned in to Reset Race. What? Put them back on the grill again. We grilling them, put them back on the grill again. We grilling them, put it back on the grill again. We grilling them, back on the grill again. We grilling them, up. You're listening to Reset Race. Adults need reparations to make America great. Uh, you're tuned in to Reset Race. We no longer starving while others eat off our plates. No. You're listening to Reset Race. We focused on our justice claim. We know what is at stake. Uh, you're tuned in to Reset Race. You'll find out who really done justice and really who think. On the edge, go back to U.S. Southern plantations. Pennies, Jim Crow, and mass incarceration. Redlining lynchings, we are old from this nation. You're not about justice if you ain't for reparations. MG the wise one, cousin mother intellectual. Samantha bringing fire, anti-black, we pressing you. No permanent friends and no permanent enemies. The backbone of the country, the way you need our energy. Go on, see. Listening to Reset Race. You now tuned in the reset race. Uh, uh. You're listening to reset race. You now tuned in the reset race. Uh, put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Back on the grill again. We grilling them. Uh. You're listening to reset race. Adults need reparations to make America great. Uh, you're tuned in to reset race. We no longer starving while others eat off our plate. No. You're listening to reset race. We focused on our justice claim. We know what is at stake. Uh, you're tuned in to reset race. You'll find out who really about justice and really who fake. Uh. Welcome to Reset Race.
Oh my goodness, tonight is going to be a lot for all of us because I guess this is going to be our official Buffalo, New York shooting episode. So yeah, um, there's going to be a lot to talk about. So I just want to start off by saying that all of our hearts go out to the to the family members of the people who you know who whose lives were taken for no reason, but because some crazy person decided that, you know, we who built this country should not be allowed to exist in it. Just just more of the same thing that's been happening to our ancestors and our family members over and over and over again. So we want to start off by just, you know, sending our, sending our love to those people because, you know, if you've ever lost anybody, I can't even imagine what it would be like to lose somebody that way. It's hard enough to lose somebody unexpectedly, but then to have it be like a racist, senseless tragedy as well. So we want to make sure that we're thinking about those families. And we also tonight are going to acknowledge all of you guys and each other, right? Because something like this can't happen to our community without all of us feeling pain. No matter how it resonates, no matter how you see it, you know, you know, some of you guys may be feeling fear, but all of us are feeling pain because, you know, just to think like you could just be at the grocery store minding your business and somebody just shoot you because you a black person, like you're a black American. That's wild. It's very wild. So I'm Sam, aka the Khaleesi, and we're just going to go through and do quick introductions. You can find me on Twitter at me 17 trillion. Uh, you can email anybody, any one of us, you can reach on the info at resetrace.org email address. Just, you know, say who you want the message to be sent to, and I'll make sure it goes to who needs it, who it needs to be sent to on the team. Because we're not giving you our, our personal email addresses, because y'all might want to send hate mail and we don't care enough. So, all right, next up is going to be Morgan, because it is ladies first, and I am still the Khaleesi queen, breathing fire, but I brought another dragon queen. I don't know about this. And Morgan is an official member of the Reset Race family now. So y'all get used to Morgan. And if y'all know her from social media, don't send me no messages because I don't give a shit. What's up, y'all? Uh, yeah, my name is Morgan Malachi. You can you can at me at Cali Test Us, that's T-A-S-K-E-D um, on Twitter uh and um yeah i'm here for it y'all and yes like i'm like the last dragon you know the one that was there for khaleesi the one that stood by her that whole time yes yes i need it too i need it Ooh. sorry all right next up we're gonna go go ahead john hey what's up everybody my name is john c i'm an average american negro and i am here with my family as always I'm always happy to be here. We, we appreciate you guys for listening to us. Uh, this Buffalo shooting is some real shit. Uh, you know, we got we got Morgan. We got Sammy Khaleesi. We got Cousin Mud. And we got Joey Kilmonger. So, you know, like what we're always going to do is, is kind of break through the shit that's going on and kind of break it down, you know what I mean, in a real way, like as we always do. So, again, I'm always happy to be here. And, like, let's get into the show. I'll help King Killmonger. It is I, Eastside Joey, on Twitter. Um, please don't come at me, like, playing about the Buffalo thing. Like, 
that's just not something to play about. I normally uh, do the debate stuff, but the Buffalo thing is very, very personal and I'm gonna take it personally. And by that, I mean, I'm gonna block you. Like you're not gonna get the attention you're looking for. With that being said, um, engagement gang, we looking for y'all in the comments. Uh, beyond that, we gonna break this thing down and um, we're gonna try to process. Yeah, they call me Mud. Um, you can find me on social media at of lineage. That's OF lineage, uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, creator of Bitter Dose TV. Uh, yeah, this is this has been a rough one. Um, so I don't know. I think we all need to kind of process all of this. Um, well, let's go ahead and get into the show. All right. So being that reset race, we're not really normally about feelings and emotions and the hearts and mind shit. I figured we should start there because we never do that shit. So like, how are we feeling? Like, like one of the things is I don't talk about my personal life a lot, but my auntie went back into the hospital. So when all of this was going on, I had fled my auntie's house to a vacation rental. So I was like in a space where I could unplug. So it, I had time before I fully had to submerse myself into what was going on. And as soon as I did, it was just, just sadness, right? Like, you know, it hasn't been 10 years since Dylan Roof shot up, you know, more elders in a church. And then here we are. And then I just even think about, you know, I was having a conversation with my grandmother who I can never get her to talk to me about anything, but she was mad about some family business going on with some land in the South somewhere. And she just kind of was like, and that just reminds me of that time that that white man came and they were trying to kill your granddaddy. And I was like, huh, what? You've never told me that story. And the thing is like, that's not the only story. That's the one story I heard about him. But like, I have a family member who was killed by like a racist over some land stuff. Like most black Americans have some type of racial terrorist story somewhere in their bloodline. Like, even if it's not as extreme as somebody being murdered, like, like where uh, our parents, like, okay, perfect example. Sorry, I'm saying like a lot. My aunt's husband, he remembers like playing baseball against different white teams and like those teams like trying to jump them and like throwing rocks at them and them like literally having to fight after games and stuff. Like this is my 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 favorite cousin. My little cousin's 31. This is his daddy. His daddy ain't six, his daddy might be 63 or 64. These are not like these are hundred year old people. Like it, so that's my thing. Like we have so I've me and my dad, I've been talking to my dad. My dad is in his sixties, right? My dad's like, this is the same shit that was going on when I was a kid. Cause I don't really talk about this. Cause I hadn't really been talking to my dad, but now that my mom passed me and my dad have kind of reconnected. So my dad's wife is white and she's a social justice warrior white. And I love her to death, but she's one of those annoying white ladies who'd be like, you're racist, your kids are racist. You need to teach your kids to stop being fucking racist. She's one of those white ladies, you know? But she'll talk to my dad, cause my, my stepmom is young too. My stepmom is, she'll be 50, like she's, she's going on 50. My dad's like in his mid sixties, much younger, right? 
So she just will be like, I don't, she'll be to my dad, like, I don't understand how you have so much patience. My dad be like, they were blowing up kids in churches when I was a kid. He was like, this has all been happening my entire life. He's like, I've been watching different variations of this happen my entire life. This is my father. This there, he was born during Jim Crow. So I think I just I just had a lot of feelings. I still do. It's like I said, it hurts me. It hurts me to just see that like we keep going through this. And, you know, this isn't necessarily about us wanting to talk about a response of how to deal with it. But I guess it's just a moment of taking a moment to acknowledge the emotions and saying that it's okay that this shit fucks us up and that it hurts us. Because like this could have been, this could have been your grandma. This could have been your I have family in New York. I don't have family in Buffalo, but I got family in upstate New York. They go to the grocery store. What if it would have been somewhere where they were? Like this could have been any of us. A lot of us got family members everywhere. This could have been any black city USA. Like, all right, I know that was a long intro. I know that was a long little piece, but I want other people to talk about it, but I just about how they're feeling, but I just had to get that out there because it's a lot. Like this is a lot. It's a lot for this to happen to our community. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna say like I've been tired of these white motherfuckers. So for for most of the time, like I'm just kind of wrapped out. And like we the the lack of compassion that our, our group has always been shown in this country is just like when these things come about, it's highlighted. And then how everybody processes it, even like the direct victims, it's like they're they they have like they they can be angry, but I'm looking at quotes, they should be very angry. And it's like they're still tempered, you know, and like it's like I just want my people to know like the tone policing, the respectability, like that's too much. But I did see that elder it was a man and you know he said that everything that we've done in this country and you know this is not fair or whatever he was a little but it's like it I just I mean, I'm tired of like always tempering our our um, reactions when these things happen and I know my people have more up in them and they they need to say it because if they don't and if you're not real in these situations um you're not going to motivate the masses of your people to be able to do the same thing so that's kind of what I have to say about that uh, for me it's been like the lack of a real response from anybody outside of black people like um it seems the media is trying to push this one down the memory hole as quick as possible uh Biden popped up and he popped right back in his basement um like they're trying to push this faster than that Vegas shooting, right? When they killed all those people at that country festival and we stopped talking about it. This is this is pretty fast, ain't it? Right. Like, and like I was a kid when 9-11 happened. And like I was like very much in my formative years. So I know the um, the official American view on terrorism. So when I see these instances happening to black people, it's like, where was all the George Bush energy? Where was all the we ain't made of sugar candy, this and that? Because I know if if uh, old Connor was actually, uh, if his name was Muhammad or something, and he wasn't targeting Black people, the response would be very, very different. 
they would shut this entire country down looking for that person. He never would have made it to jail. They would have went to war. And I'm not, I'm not like advocating for a war. I'm just saying like, where's the response at? Because this ain't the same America that like made me join the army. <laughs> or maybe it is. Um, I don't know. I, I went through a bunch of emotions when this all was going down uh, as the information first started coming in. Um, you know, it's, you don't really get a, you don't have a lot of information to work with. So what I was doing was kind of like on social media, you know, trying to find articles, um, just trying to hear what, you know, what people have heard, what they have seen, so you can get more information. And what I found is that everybody was trying to like score political points before we even had any real details about what was going on. And that was really annoying. And I kind of knew what it was because when you hear about, you know, someone shooting going on a mass shooting and you hear about it being in a city like Buffalo, like, you know, that's a black city, you know, what, what, what potentially it is. But I just wanted to get the information. I just wanted to have confirmation so that I can actually, you know, and, and, Honestly, I wanted to know the motivations. I wanted to like, I wanted to know why this keeps happening or like have the moment to like sit there with all the information and try to piece together in my own mind why I think this is happening. But I realized, you know, not only am I kind of like desensitized to this where I'm, I'm kind of cold to it and I, I, I'm not like emotionally, in a, like, like I'm not an emotional wreck right now or I wasn't an emotional wreck when I first heard the information versus like how I experienced in other moments. I realized that everybody is kind of desensitized to this and they're not really being honest about what, what's happening. They don't, they don't really care. It's about pushing their political agenda. And I'm not saying that, you know, there's not a place to talk about the politics of all this, but when, 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 it's, when it's just happening, I don't know, it just feels like everybody is chasing clout and that kind of makes me lose hope. Cause mm. that's what we need. That's what we're looking to, to fight the white supremacists. We're looking for our, our 
are people that are like into politics, are people that are on the ground that are activists, the, the people that are supposed to be serious about this and they don't care anymore. It, it just, it was, it was just crazy. And then like, you know, I know, I know we're gonna get into like how the media responded, but it, like everybody's playing a game and no one really wants to be serious about what is happening. It, and it's just frustrating. That's that's how I felt. That's how I felt uh, originally, and I feel the same way now. But it's just, you know, at first it was I was feeling hopeless. Now I feel like, you know, I gotta get over myself and still gotta, you know, continue to fight. Hey, mud. I feel the same way. I think we all feel hopeless. Like I feel like that's the reason why that it's hard to. When you talk to our people, that's really you feel me in real life. Fuck the internet shit in real life, like shit that we going through. Let me want to hear that shit unless you come from where they come from. Or they, you feel me? Like it, it's still because we're American, you know. So it's hard to kind of put that into the even with the killing too, because it's like I can got killed the other day. But I feel like that's the like that's the hardest. Well, the fight we going through right now, where it comes to white supremacy, all these things like establishing our own ethnic identity. It's the first, like the once we understand who we are as an ethnic group, like like as a collective, then I think that we can move forward. I think that's the hardest thing, right? Like, but uh, the fact that this 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 white guy went over there and he was talking about he was talking about all this racist shit. He was talking about I hate immigrants, I hate Jewish people, but he still went to a neighborhood that was historically red by. He went to go kill some like you know what I'm saying like real shit like you remember like just like. How after reconstruction, our asses had to do it. They had to, they went to go kill some kids and all Like it's a it's a through line for that. And you're trying to figure out how the fuck do you maneuver through that? It's very difficult, man. Yeah, I don't have the answers just like you, but I just feel like you know what we're doing and just staying on point with our message and just making sure that like anytime we get in contact with our people, we just letting them know what's going on and stuff like that. I think that we we're still helping at that same time. We're still helping, but. I mean, like, there's no way you can stop that. I mean, like, but it's still, I feel like that's still less, that's just still let people know that it's real. You know what I mean? Be on alert. Second Amendment, the Second Amendment is in the Constitution. If you're, if you're, you're a United States citizen, that means that all the rights of the Constitution belong to you as well. You know, so things like that, but, you know, to combat that, be defensive, but, you know, I understand exactly where you're coming from, but, that doesn't mean we can't stop. It's it's difficult, cuz, but fucking we can't stop. I think it'd be on the right, you on the right track to make our people better. And as a consequence, make our people better in the country. So, you know. All right. Well, I want to welcome Kelly Pryor to the group. So Kelly, you're actually you're actually right on time. So basically, you were just kind of talking about like our initial thoughts and feelings about the Buffalo shooting, like how, basically like, how are you feeling knowing, you know, that our elders were gunned down at the grocery store, minding their business, trying to get some groceries. Like we're starting off there. So like I said, you're right on time. So just how are you feeling with all of the that's happened? I am 
I don't want to say I'm numb. I'm never numb to any of the atrocities that happen to our people anywhere um, here in the United States. And, you know, um, with respect to mass shooters, I just feel like this is the, oh my goodness. I mean, I, I ugh. it is basically the quintessential constant push, shoving of our shoulders. It's like a bully pushing a little kid on his shoulder, like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? And we still have not returned the, um, uh, the re we have not retaliated correctly. That's just my opinion. But overall with it initially happening, um, I was immediately angry. I was immediately angry. I immediately wanted something done immediately. Um, I, I just wanted some retaliation. That's where I was initially when I heard what was happening. It wasn't, could this be true? It was just a matter of time because it was brewing. I just felt it was brewing. The other shoe was going to drop. What's that shoe? What, what is that other shoe that's going to drop? What is it going to look like? And then bam, here we are with Buffalo. And I'll leave it at that for now. All right. So I guess let's move into the media response. Joey, go ahead and like talk about that because I know you had a lot that you we're feeling, and I want you to kind of kick it off and we'll move around from there. And after Joey, just like jump in, if you feel like you have something to say. Yeah, for me, it was, um, it was like the complete and utter lack of empathy. Like every time I see somebody talk about this story, it's always like how, like how Mud was saying, it's always with their political angle. Like they've completely removed the black people who died from the story to talk about gun control, Senator Booker, it's it's really good to talk with you. You know, yesterday, President Biden uh, referenced white supremacy as poison. Uh, we've now seen 200 mass shootings in this year alone. Did he go far enough? Look, the question is, is what are we all going to do? The president has limited powers in our democracy. What is outrageous to me is these mass shootings are happening with chilling regularity and nothing has changed. We, we have a nation now where it's easier for a teenager filled with hate to get their hands on a gun than it is for them to get a driver's license. This is an absurd reality. No other nation in the world has this level of gun violence, this level of carnage. And we need to start making more of a demand as a nation to put in common sense laws that are gonna protect uh, families, churches, synagogues, grocery stores, where, where these shootings are happening, it's, an, it's a threat to all of us, and it should demand for all of us to be involved in, in making a change. Well, this gunman senator, as you know, had a 180-page uh, manifesto, referenced shootings in New Jersey, attacks uh, on Hasidic Jews. This particular target, of course, was the black community. Do you now see this as a time to get action from Congress? You know, again, I I'm frustrated. Uh, we have Republicans uh, in, in the Senate that are going to block uh, even the most common sense um, uh, gun, uh, gun reforms, which means that as we're months away now from a midterm election, uh, these are the kind of things that should be driving people to the polls to elect people, regardless of party, that are willing to protect families, protect communities, protect police officers, uh, because we're seeing these kind of violent actions happen. Look, 
Hate is awful. We, we've been living with hate for as long as there's been humanity. There's hate in other countries. There's hate groups in other countries. But we are a nation that allows hateful people to so easily get their hands on weapons of war. That's what makes us uniquely vulnerable. That's what's making these, these mass killings from synagogues to churches to grocery stores uh, happen in a way. So I, I'm so frustrated. It, it, we've seen this now starting to happen to the point where it's becoming routine. We've, we've normalized this kind of carnage. I'm about 50 years old. In my lifetime, there have been more people in America killed by gunfire than in every one of our wars from our founding till now combined. That is stunning. That is outrageous. And it demands that we all engage ourselves, not just going on as if life's normal, but in, in doing what we can to stop Well, this. the president said as much yesterday, Senator. He said tragedy will come again. I mean, ha have we, as a nation, as a Congress, become somewhat numb to this? What is it going to take? Uh, we are in a state with some of the toughest in the nation gun laws. Um, will more reform change what we're seeing? Again, what it's going to take, New Jersey has two senators that will vote, have proposed legislation to stop this. Uh, the problem is, is we have the, a very strong gun lobby that has not only blocked change from happening, they've even warped laws to make themselves exempt. The one industry that exempts from uh, consumer product safety regulations. Like, at no point did we stop and say our country just had a terrorist attack and they targeted our people, our black people. Like, they, they targeted black Americans specifically. The FBI is also looking at a manifesto allegedly written by the suspect. The 180-page document says the massacre was intended to terrorize all non-white and non-Christian people. And, like, the country just, like, everything just went on like that was just okay. And, like, I compare it to, like, things that happen in other communities, things that happen in other countries, and it's like, I know you don't treat Ukrainians this way. Ukrainians aren't Americans. Ukrainians aren't even in NATO. Like, how, how exactly do the Ukrainians get treated better than us? Because ain't nobody sent me $40 billion. Ain't nobody sent me a grenade launcher to deal with this domestic terrorist threat. But somehow, some country that ain't doing nothing for me can get all these extra resources, even though Biden told me he had my back. I agree. I think that our, every time from... Dylan Roof and any time further back than that, our pain has always been used as a backdrop to propel other issues politically or other ethnic groups. Because they're trying to, to me, in addition to pushing their political issues as far as gun violence and whatever else that they're trying to do, they're all lives mattering, all lives mattering our um, atrocity. When Dylan Ruth went in there and shot up our people while they were praying, they treated it that it was this big thing about trying to get rid of all the Confederate statues and the Confederate flags. I'm like, that's not what this is about. I mean, yeah, it, it contributes greatly, don't get me wrong, but let's speak to the people, what happened, what kind of substantive, substantive policy is going to be put in line that for lack of a better term, that avenges what happened to our people.
Yeah, to me, like the media, um, all of that encompasses white supremacy for me. So I'm not surprised by their reaction. Like this is really a propaganda machine and you have everybody so loud just drowning out the real. And I don't, to me, like this is encompasses our whole, sh our, our like liberation struggle anyway. Like, it's like, how are we going to be able to penetrate that? Because it's just so pervasive, it's so loud, so thick. And it's so many people like grasping at straws, like, you know, Benjamin Crump, you know, we, we go through the list of like all these people, but they're still here, you know? And then they're still the loudest. You can't even shame them. Like Benjamin Crump's talking about an anti-Black uh, American hate bill. And it's like, why are you saying anything about that? You're a ambulance chasing lawyer, sir. Like, I don't wanna hear, and that's what I mean about, we have to be serious about the roles that people are playing. And I mean, to me, like, I already know ultimately what has to be done. We all know. Um, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Like we're avoiding the inevitable, but there are stages and levels. And I just feel like, again, that starts with like being angry about it, being righteously angry about it and not being hindered to like express that at least because the, when these people, when their family members get on TV, you know, like, I don't want to see this display of like our pain in that way. And, and that's something that I think within our community, we have to like start checking too. like, there's a time for grief, but when these people stick their cameras in your face, you should be saying something to, to us, right? Because that's what Emmett Till's mother did. And then we have to get like that. I think the issue too, is that people are still, you know, angry but afraid and I say afraid because you think about like I'm thinking about okay yeah I want to do something I, I want something done but do I risk my livelihood who's going to bail me out of jail who who's my lawyer what do I do we don't have these things in line I guess some people do but as a network there isn't so I'm not discussing strategy with on here but I am saying that I think that that is speaking for myself are some of the things that hold a lot of people back, too many of our people back. Because there are people that want to just, you know, bring that smoke and, and, and give whoever needs to get that work that work. And it's real good. We can all be rah-rah and cheer behind them. But then when the rubber meets the road and they need some legal help or they need something else or they need family taken care of and everybody's like, oh, well, you know, that's unfortunate. And I don't need an unfortunate. I need some damn help on the other side of this, not just revving the, the ones that are about that life to go out there and do something. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, as far as how I saw the whole media thing, um, yeah, like I said before, everyone is pushing their political agenda, trying to make this about um, uh, some type of uh, gun control, trying to make this about xenophobia, and it, it's 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 funny because I mean we all know the elephant in the room. Uh, we need to have uh, the American government fight white supremacy the same way uh, that it fought terror, the same way that it fights drug cases the same way that when it really wants to, to 
destroy a community like it did with our communities, um, it can gear up. And we need them to go after the white supremacists with that same type of energy. Um, but this country doesn't want to do that. And that leaves Black Americans in a weird spot because, um, you know, look, there's a lot of radical people in our community. And I'm not saying we do, like, I'm endorsing anything like that. But at some point, you know, there is going to be, you know, backlash. And it, it, it just is what it is. Like, and I don't think citizens should have to, like, go through that extent to have the same type of freedom in this country. I don't think we should have to be the ones uh, demanding law and order through vigilante action. Um, we, should not, we should not be placed in that position. Um, so yeah, like we know what the government needs to do. Um, and it's, it's, everyone's trying to play a game of distraction. We got um, everyone trying to point at Tucker Carlson when we know there's the 4chan forum Words matter, and there have been calls to stop the amplification of the Great Replacement Theory, including a plea to Fox News and one of its hosts, Tucker Carlson. In a letter to Fox, U.S. Senator Chuck Schumer writes, this pernicious theory, which has no basis in fact, has been injected into the mainstream, thanks in large part to a dangerous level of amplification by your network and its anchors. Citing a New York Times investigation, Schumer specifically calls out Tucker Carlson, saying the host amplified this dangerous and unfounded theory in more than 400 episodes of his show. The Murdoch family, which owns Fox News, has staunchly backed Carlson, who hosts the highest rated program in cable news. There's the 4chan forum that everyone knows and pretends is like some kind of secret that we can't talk about. Um, why hasn't there been like some major operation on that forum? <laughs> like, no, no, like, I was I was going to say too to that, but I was thinking about that too. And I was, um, you know, thinking it to myself when I was reading some of the articles about that with 4chan, 8chan, and all the other whatever Stormfront-like channels. But the problem I think is, is that just for me, from my assessment, is when the FBI puts out a report in 2006 saying that, you know, white extremist groups or white extremist people have infiltrated every facet of law enforcement which I don't know why that came out in 2006, because given the inception of this country and the inception of what the police were born out of, which was the Klan, I'm trying to figure out when the hell they were ever out of there in the first place. So when, you, when we talk about the government should do something, I don't really think that they're gonna do anything, which is gonna be up to the citizens, unfortunately, because then they'd have to arrest their cousins and their uncles and their, whatever it is it's their family members it's people that they're connected to not necessarily by blood but they're in these groups they're connected in some kind of way which is why they keep on saying in my opinion which i know is fact but you know i need to get all the data but they keep determining or classifying each one of these incidences or the shooters as lone wolves and we know damn well that they're not lone wolves that means we are not going to do any more investigation because it's probably going to go all the way to the top to the same people that we're saying the government.
that needs to do something about it. That's why they're not doing anything about it because they are them. That's just me. I'm saying that for myself, not speaking for anybody else in this, on this um, platform, but I feel like they're all connected. Not saying all of them, but too many of them. So if there are any good ones out there, you aren't overpowering the bad ones, period. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's why we have not seen any action because if that were the case, uh, the FBI would have to eat itself to, to get some of the motherfuckers out of there. And then police stations all across the country would have to do the same thing to get the white supremacists out of their ranks. And then they would have to like wage a war where, you know, yeah, they're going to be dealing with a lot of their family members, politicians, and all types of shit is going to get exposed if they really do it. And that's why they don't want to do it. But I mean, you know, this shit is, and that's, this is, this is why we, we, I shouldn't say we, but you know, I think it's it's a common feeling that uh, most Black Americans have. It, it's it's just frustration with this whole situation because um, you you're pushing you 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 know you put our back against a wall, and now what are we, like what options are you giving us? Many of the victims were parents, grandparents, sisters, and brothers. Ruth Whitfield, the oldest victim at 86, was on her way from visiting her husband in a nursing home and stopped by the supermarket. We're not just hurting, we're angry, yeah. we're mad. Her family breaking down in tears at a news conference. Took away my mother and my best friend. How dare you? But that was his point though. Uh, in the manifesto, he was talking about how he wanted to uh, provoke a reaction so that white people would have the excuse to uh, get their uh, race war on. And essentially, like, when you do things like that, like, and there's no response from the government, what else can we do? Do we just, like, roll over and take it? Of course not. We're Americans. But, like, when we do respond, and, like, we've seen how the government and how the country responds when we act out or when we're perceived to have acted out. Like that whole like stop Asian hate thing, like they never really talked about how white people were slaughtering them in massage parlors, but they talked about how black people were punching them in New York for some reason. In some of America's largest cities, hate crimes have surged. A reminder that there is still a lot of work ahead. Dion Lim from our ABC station in San Francisco, KGO, brings us this in-depth report. Right. Black foreigner. Right, that part. And there's always, every one of them that have done this, even back during the uh, George Floyd uprising, they have, you know, what's called, I don't know if you guys know the term, accelerationist. And they do this on purpose, trying to invoke a race war, which we're already in. Because basically we are descendants of hostages. And so punching down on us or shooting at us and picking us off one at a time is basically easy Pickens is, you know, just shooting fish in a barrel. So I'm like, we, they leave us no recourse. That's just my opinion. We can put ourselves in a position where when, if they, if there is one, because you know, there's born, there's one born every minute, or there's some copycats that are still laying in wait, which I suspect, you know, everybody be on alert. But with that being said, there needs to be some type of return something that lets them, that, that, 
puts a fear in enough of them that they think twice about even going after what they think is a soft target because there might be the one that is about that life in the group. And I think that needs to happen more often. Well, we see that, like we saw that um, that guy in California that was a former cop and then they like found him in the, in the woods and then they burnt him up. Who's that guy? Yeah, Dorner. Guys down! Audio on the ground from a CBS2 KCAL reporter mentioned a smoke grenade. And then in the chaos, someone, we don't know who, was heard yelling. Real-time police audio transmissions at Big Bear Lake were preserved, and the second guessing started immediately. Though we don't know how the fire started, to the untrained ear, after authorities concluded they had someone in this cabin in the woods, it sounded to some like they could have intentionally set fire to it to try to smoke out the suspect. We're going to go forward with the plan with the, with the burner. About 23 minutes later, an early reference to burners being deployed. A former U.S. Marshal and expert on fugitive apprehension told me that based on the audio, he does not believe the authorities on the scene tried to burn down the house. At that point, it could be just bravado. But again, there's no operating plan that calls for torching a home in order to get a suspect out. Yeah, for mm-hmm. And then we saw it with that Dallas shooter, right? Forgot his name. Michael. Right. Exactly. So we see it, right? With the January 6th thing, what we saw was a system breaking, like the system broke down. And who were the ones who saved the day? It was Black Americans, you know, where they were easily targets. Like, and, and you see how white supremacy will sacrifice, like, who we think are the top of white supremacy when they fuck around with the masses of white supremacy. So all of them, the, the Republicans and Democrats were vulnerable in that moment. And it, we were talking about CIA and FBI, they all just turned their backs, you know? And that, I don't understand why that's not heightened more because we saw that in real time, how the system will break down and that the ultimate goal is always to uphold white supremacy. Tomorrow marks one year since the January 6th attack on our nation's capital, and a year later, the FBI is still looking for hundreds of suspects, asking for the public's help in finding some of the most wanted. That includes the person responsible for planting potentially lethal explosive devices in D.C. that day. White people just didn't get their way. Like, that's it. They just didn't get their way, and they snapped out. And that's what I mean about the white supremacist side. I mean, you're over there, and that's that John Brown factor. And when you over there uh, doing a little shady shit, you a nigger lover, you want to press these issues, they got something for them too. And that's what you saw. Like, I mean, that's just the way I look at it. Like they didn't win and they snapped out and we saw it at a heightened level, but the system will always protect that. 
Facts. You, we saw like how they gave them little light ass sentences. That's no different than after the fucking civil war when they let all these traitors stay. They should have killed them or banished them. The reason why we're going through a lot of this is either so these fucking traitors kids. And then it's either the traitors kids or you Ellis Island motherfuckers. Like a lot of these people are these Ellis Island motherfuckers. Like how are y'all immigrants and y'all got fucking beef? Like y'all complain about the replacement theory. You are our replacements. They brought you in to replace slaves. So I don't understand how their descendants got their fucking got all they got their undies up with their ass and shit when you guys are the replacements and i don't care i don't want to get into this just read fucking black history like read history in general like frederick Douglass was talking about this shit even fucking james baldwin was talking about like how he was tired of these new immigrants calling him nigga like come on so you know y'all keep talking about the black and brown ones but i'm talking about y'all white asses how is it that y'all are like you three generations in, we're eight, nine, ten generations in getting fucked over and we not blowing up shit and killing nobody. Y'all barely three generations in and you got to burn down the world because you can't figure out how to make it. Like, get the fuck out of here. I get it because your ancestors were failures in your own country and that's why you had to come here. I'm talking about you white ones. I'm not talking about you people of color, but it goes for you too. But right now we're just talking about the white people, the Irish, all the people that had to like flee their countries, you know, for to get some free land in a country that was built by slaves. Why are your grandkids so angry when you motherfuckers were given everything for free that was owed to Black Americans who were the descendants of slaves. And actually, not even at that time, who were the actual fucking slaves? Like, I don't understand the beef. Like, I really, really don't. Like, reading that kid's manifesto and him calling us immigrants. Bitch, you, you got here after me. That's why people be like, man, people be telling me to go back to Africa. I'd be so quick to be like, when did your grandmama get here? Where are you from? Where your grandma from? When your grandmama get here? Oh, oh, shut the fuck up. Like Bernie Sanders can't be talking about how we can't get reparations when he got, when he's an Ellis, when his people got here after the Ellis Island motherfuckers. Like you don't get to tell me shit. You don't get to tell me shit. But that's it. I'm sorry, I'm done. Well, I think that's another thing that like pissed me off about like the news coverage after reading the manifesto is that they didn't really go into like real detail about what the white replacement theory is, I guess. Yeah, they just made it seem like he he was a white supremacist that had all this hate in his heart, but they never really broke it down about how like he viewed black Americans as invaders that need to go back to Africa. Like they didn't have that discussion it was just like these, you know, they throw out the xenophobic, so xenophobic. Yeah, they keep trying uh, to push it like he was talking about Mexicans and Latinos, which he was like, yeah, y'all can get it too. But he was like, but these niggas over here, we got to get rid of first. Yeah, it, I mean, it it was, it was very specific about like us being the invaders. And no one really had a serious conversation about how ridiculous that is or like have the conversation about how he, like like you said, he's just, he, he's a new arrival acting as if he has some ownership over this land that we do not. And that like, that gives him the right to, to then go out and murder people. Why don't we have that conversation instead of just saying, 
you know, uh, white replacement theory is some, like they just do this generic thing with some debunked uh, theory about fertility rates. And, and that's the, that's, that's basically what they say when they, they describe it, but get into the part about how black Americans aren't seen as Americans and how like this whole thing comes down to the idea that we could just be murdered just for being on the land that we've been on for centuries. That we built all the wealth on. Go ahead, Kelly. Oh no, I was just um, just co-signing what Mud was saying. I just said thanks because I'm. It's so frustrating. Um, I, I mean, I'm. I'm Ooh, I had so much to say. I even told Sam this earlier. I had so much to say, but it's just, it's so much anger. As soon as I heard, like I said, upon getting the breaking news of what was going on, I mean, it was just, I already knew when I heard that, you know, the dude, um, that the idiot was able to take off his, um, you know, all his armament and whatever, his, his um, bulletproof vest, he was able to take, lay his gun down, he was able to do all this shit, like, you know, Mr. Rogers and Mr. Rob, I mean, Mr. Robinson's neighborhood or whatever. And he's able to take off all of his stuff and then kneel or whatever, put his hands behind his back. He was able to do all of this. And we got six-year-olds in kindergarten that get arrested and get roughed up and get taken to jail like, like they're a mass murderer, you know, for having a tantrum. A lawyer representing two Pittsburgh high school students plans to sue the school and police for what they claim is a pattern of abuse, abuse targeting black students. Video of one incident shows a school resource officer putting a student in a headlock before pushing him down and then later using a taser. Mm. Vladimir Dutier of our streaming network CBSN has the school's response. The video recorded in March 2015 shows Ahmad Williams waiting in the principal's office after being sent there by a teacher. He's exchanging words with school resource officer Steve Shaulis. Suddenly, Shaulis confronts Williams, putting him in a headlock and eventually dragging him to the hallway. Principal Kevin Murray helps Officer Shaulis hold Williams down while a teen is handcuffed and tasered. Okay, I've had enough of this. Take your bag off. Take your bag off. You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. You are done. Get off of me. You're done. What are you doing? You're done. Put your arms behind your back. Put your arms behind your back. Ow! Stop. 
Christensen, you need to allow her to stand up, sir. Hey, let her try to stand Officer up. Officer Christensen, you need to allow her to stand up. Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Stand up! Hey. Officer Christensen, she is not a threat to yourself or others at this moment. You need to allow her to stand up, sir. I understand that, sir. We are not going to use excessive force to get this done. We're not excessive. Yes, it is. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm just so, I don't know, y'all. I just, it's just not right. It's, it's the last, it should be the last straw. It's the last straw for me, but it is the last straw. I, I'm, you know, Biden's not talking right. None of our supposed black elected officials are speaking correctly. You got Ben Crump, like Morgan was saying earlier, that you know he's jumping ahead of it. So it's like we we beat the drum for what is right for us, and then we get the idiots that want to get in front of it and play the flute so we can get behind them. We are never going to get behind them. And then we get the the other side of it where people can basically murder us, and then everybody else's issue gets pushed to the forefront. Because I don't, even though he may have mentioned, I'm talking about the shooter now, he may have mentioned in his um, his manifesto about other ethnic groups. But now when, say, for instance, Bernie Sanders, first thing he got out there talking about anti-Semitic talk and, and talking about all the other ethnic groups that tried to blend it up like this big giant gumbo of issues that need to be addressed. When in actuality, it's Black people that I saw on the ground dead, either, you know, um, can't you know they were kind of blurred out so you couldn't see them or whatever it was but nonetheless it was black folks so why aren't they not well i already know why but the fact that they are not speaking to that the fact that they're not speaking to it directly because just recently they just passed a domestic terrorism bill a couple of days ago i think on wednesday which still does not speak it was in lieu of what happened at the uh the buffalo massacre but it still doesn't even speak to black people it's, they're going to put money towards some kind of fucking task force that's going to start to supposedly go after domestic terrorists. But the thing is, they have to be even be declared a terrorist before you can even go after them. So what the fuck are they doing? It's ridiculous. I'm sick of it. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, when you said what you said, like, I mean, why, why do you guys think the, the approach has been so vague? Um, around the conversation of the specificity of the people and then like what 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 he claimed uh well us like being illegitimate and needing to go back because i i think so. that it's all based on the lineage conversation period i think and so when, I, I agree with you keep going i'm sorry no, no, i agree no. with you Mark. yeah because i was just going to say once you get into that where does that take it you know, and a lot of people are illegitimate to this conversation. I didn't even like the way that he, his um, definition of the replacement theory, because it's like, like, first of all, you aren't being replaced. You're actually adding, your people are adding non-white people to your numbers. That's one thing, mm -hmm. you know, but it just sounds, it's very familiar when we have legitimate gripes and then there, and I, I don't know. I just think that this is a whole setup right now. 
Well, remember in his manifesto, he, when did he say that he got radicalized? May 2020. What was go What was going on during May 20? Oh, oh, oh! Black people started demanding what they were owed, and now it's time to kill them again. You, he didn't go into a people of color community. He didn't go into a mixed race community and shoot up multiple races of people. He went into a black community that used to be a food desert and killed black folks. He could have Googled mixed community. And so, you know, with, for me, was different in like the 60s and 70s is where like our people were still held to a standard of accountability. Because if you look at like all these, even though they were problematic, they still had to come back to the community and there was like, they couldn't do as much dirt as they're doing now. At least you understand what I'm saying? Like now it's just like the, 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 it's like the floodgates are open. And so that's why we can't get anything done, you know? And so I don't, like I said, like I'm more worried about the reaction from us, the community, seeing what's going on, rather than like trying to def define these crazy white people. Um, and the lineage conversation makes a lot of motherfuckers be quiet, and they don't want that. This is something that the country has been wrestling with in a number of contexts, and now it is in this context as well. The governor just said that white supremacy, this, this urge for that and this drive for that in some quarters, is the biggest threat facing the country right now. And so we're still waiting to hear exactly what she is going to do. In terms of gun laws, New York State has some of the toughest gun laws in the country. And one law that's been looked at here in this context is a so-called red flag law, which gives a judge the ability to issue a, a court order barring someone who has a mental illness of some degree from owning a gun, and a judge can order a gun taken from someone. Uh, so there may be some more uh, details or some tightening, tweaking of that law in this context, because again, there's this question of how did he buy a gun, the, the suspect, in New York State, um, given that red flag law. Yeah, I think my biggest problem with the way all this is framed is the way all this is framed. Like, they keep talking about gun control and, oh, this is a racial attack, and that's not the way I see it. To me, this is an attempted genocide. Now, the other thing that we've got to come to see now that many of us didn't see too well during the last 10 years, and that is that racism is still alive in American society and much more widespread than we realize. And we must see racism for what it is. It is a myth of the superior and the inferior race. It is the false and tragic notion that one particular group, one particular race is responsible for all of the progress, all of the insights and the total flow of history. And the theory that another group or another race is totally depraved, innately impure and innately inferior. And in the final analysis, racism is evil because this, its ultimate logic is genocide. Hitler was a sick and tragic man who carried racism to its logical conclusion. 
And he ended up leading a nation to the point of killing about six million Jews. And this is the tragedy of racism because its ultimate logic is genocide. If one says that I am not good enough to live next door to him, if one says that I am not good enough to eat at a lunch counter, or to have a good, decent job, or to go to school with him merely because of my race, he is saying consciously or unconsciously that I do not deserve to exist. Like, he was actively trying to, like, provoke a race war that ultimately ends in all Black people being murdered in this country because we can't be deported. So, like, if someone attempted genocide in the country and all you have to say is, well, we need more gun control, fuck you. Like, you would never allow this to happen to anyone else but Black people. And this has consistently been my problem. Like, a lot of the times, like, this is what ignoring Black issues ultimately gets you. When you can ignore that Black people are being murdered in the streets, what's when someone decides they want to make a political statement, they just go murder some black people because they know you're not gonna trip. And what do you think the next one's gonna do? It's gotta be bigger than this, right? Cause this didn't get, um, this didn't get Connor no kind of news coverage for real. So the next one, he's gonna have to get at least a hundred, right? But y'all still wanna talk about gun control. Like we not gonna address the fact that a presidential candidate was talking about how white white birth rates are low and we need to do something about that for all y'all who was uh waiting on your yang bucks blacks for yang yeah that was your boy yang. for some reason it, yeah the yang gang for some reason this asian man cares about white people's birth rates because he know what it takes to be the president in the united states of america stop asian hate though well, I mean, at some point, I, I want to see someone on the mainstream really break down how uh, politicians and the media responded to the anti-Asian hate situation, where a dude went down uh, into that salon and shot up a bunch of people, versus how they're reacting to this because it, it just it's your work lad well <laughs> I, I know i mean you know obviously we're going we you know us on the ground are going to do something but i'm talking about like mainstream millions of people like it needs to be on some john oliver john stewart i know i know y'all producers listen because you robbed us before there's your work come on say it again for go ahead and rewind it because i know y'all listening because y'all robbed us <laughs> As the president and I discussed with our AAPI community in a meeting earlier today, whatever the killer's motive, these facts are clear. Six out of the eight people killed on Tuesday night were of Asian descent. Seven were women. The shootings took place in businesses owned by Asian Americans. The shootings took place as violent hate crimes and discrimination against Asian Americans has risen dramatically over the last year and more. In fact, over the past year, 3,800 such incidents have been reported, two of three by women. 
everything from physical assaults to verbal accusations. And it's all harmful. And sadly, it's not new. Racism is real in America, and it has always been. Xenophobia is real in America, and always has been. Sexism, too. In the 1860s, as Chinese workers built the Transcontinental Railroad, there were laws on the books in America forbidding them from owning property. In the 1940s, as Japanese American soldiers defended our nation, more than 120,000 Japanese Americans were forced to live in internment camps, an obvious and absolute abuse of their civil and human rights. Asian Americans have been attacked and scapegoated. People who are perceived as Muslim know what it was like to live in our country after 9-11. For the last year, we've had people in positions of incredible power scapegoating, scapegoating Asian Americans. People with the biggest pulpits spreading this kind of hate. Ultimately, this is about who we are as a nation. This is about how we treat people with dignity and respect. Everyone has the right to go to work, to go to school, to walk down the street and be safe. And also, the right to be recognized as an American, not as the other, not as them. It's horrendous, it's horrendous. In our country, we have to recognize that we may very well be experiencing an epidemic of hate towards so many Americans that is wrong. It is taking on a level of, of violence in the case of what happened in Buffalo, and we've seen it in other places in our country. And we all must speak out against it. Hate against any one of us, we should interpret it as, as being hate against all of us as a nation. We are a nation that prides ourselves on our diversity as, as, a, as an element of our strength. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For real, though, like, it really needs to be broken down. And also, like, uh, I, I think that this... The fact that these people have like are not being monitored all the time really bothers me when I know like random drug dealers that, you know, motherfuckers that don't even get like, you know, get up to an ounce of fucking cocaine, get fucking monitored by the police. I know fucking, uh, well, shit, uh, Minneapolis put out their report showing that after the George Floyd thing, the local police were monitoring the activists. They were monitoring uh, black organizations, uh, you know, black politicians, and that was the situation. Show and tell pro. Yeah, it, that's just local police doing that shit. That's not even the FBI doing it. That's not the like a federal organist. That that was the Minnesota state government put out a report saying that this is what the fucking local police were doing, and. Somehow, you know, these white supremacists can set up these whole networks all across the country, and we've been known knowing that they exist. We online. Know they got online. 
Well, we know they got militias. We know they got compounds. We know they got all types of shit going on across this country. And they're allowed to just do that freely. But, you know, motherfucking, I got fucking, you know, $200 worth of crack on me. And, you know, I'm talking reckless on the internet. And then, you know, I'm, I'm scooped up right away. You know what I'm saying? This morning, chilling new details on how the gunman behind the deadly mass shooting at a Buffalo, New York supermarket plotted his racist rampage. The individual was here a few months ago back in early March. Authorities now confirming 18-year-old Peyton Gendron visited Topps supermarket two months before he shot and killed 10 people in what the FBI calls a racially motivated attack. ABC News obtaining a 589-page document containing the suspect's alleged posts on the site Discord. Authorities say it appears to show how the gunman carefully planned out the massacre, visiting the supermarket on March 8th, where he was questioned by a security guard. The document also included sketches of the supermarket, outlining different aisles he could navigate quickly. The shooter allegedly describing the store as his first location, listing other possible locations to attack nearby. Police say the shooter visited the store again the day before his deadly assault to conduct reconnaissance, then came back Saturday and opened fire. This exclusive video capturing the shock and terror in the shooting's aftermath as the gunman was arrested. Oh my God, he shot so many people in there. Julie Harwell seen here falling to the ground inconsolable. Her partner and eight-year-old daughter were inside. Overnight, her partner telling ABC News he and their daughter London had separated from Julie because they wanted to buy ingredients for a surprise birthday cake. I took my daughter so she can pick out what cake that we were going to bake for her mother's birthday, you know, try to surprise her. And then what did you hear? Well, first you just, you hear the gunshot, ow, I see all the people running, so I just grabbed my daughter, ran in the back. Lamont and London hiding in a cooler as they recounted to our affiliate WKBW. I was scared for my mom. I didn't know where she was. I thought she was gone. They were separated for 20 minutes, which felt like an eternity. That was the longest way I ran while they made it out alive, the gunman killing 10 people. Celestine Cheney, Roberta Drury, Andre McNeil, Catherine Massey, Marcus Morrison, Hayward Patterson, Aaron Salter Jr., Geraldine Talley, Ruth Whitfield, and Pearl Young. So it's just wild to me. Like, at some point, this country is going to have to come to terms with, like, all of this shit. Because it... It's just it's just baked into on every fucking level, like the hypocrisy, just the the, the contradictions. <sighs> I mean, but this is why we need something like reparations, where like it, it is something massive that rehauls everything, uh, because doing a small program, doing like a, 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 a an anti-terrorism bill, like it's cool. I get it, and you know. I, I understand the purpose of it, but it's not going to be enough to like really change this country in the way we needed to change so that this shit stop happening. That's why reparations is the ultimate struggle to me on my on my life. Like because I I'm not saying that it fixed everything, but it fixed a lot. 
and then we can fight like the, the, the greater fight. No, so that's just how I look at reparations. And that's why they're fighting us so much on it. And, and even this manifesto and the language is sounding like the, just the, the angle of it because it's just looking really shady. Like this is an episode of Scandal. Thanks. Uh, President Biden was welcomed here this morning. Uh, a lot of people were grateful that he came to Buffalo to personally deliver condolences on behalf of the country. That was important and generally well received, but not by everybody. You know, I was in a, an area here just a few meters from where we're standing right now, uh, just after he spoke, and a large group of people were loudly talking about how words are one thing, but actions are actually more important, saying that President Biden and the U.S. government hasn't done enough for the black community. Here's a little bit of what, what we heard. The fact that he would come to this community after we just watched on video 10 of our elders get murdered, shot down, and the only thing you came was to ask them to give up their guns. We deserve reparations. We deserve the same thing that they have given every other community. Well, I mean, I guess now we, we should probably get into, like, what are people's thoughts about um, this dude writing, this is your reparations on the gun. Yeah. And then people trying to, then Brianna Greyjoy trying to play off like, well, nobody's really talking about reparations. Well, this kid knew what reparations was. I didn't know what reparations was at 18. Nobody was talking about reparations when I was 18. If I was going to shoot up some shit at 18, I wouldn't have wrote no shit about reparations on the gun, even if I was killing white folks, talking about where was mine. So obviously he knew what was up. And the reason why he knew about a reparations fight is because we out here making noise and shaking the tape. Don't forget January 6th, that white man was in front of that black cop's face at the police line asking them how, how you think I'm going to feel when they pay you reparations. You can find that clip, bud. Mm-hmm. And you can't stand there and tell me that it worked. I'm telling you, I'm telling you that the bucket of apples had 10 apples in it, and then now it has eight apples in it, and you're telling me it still has 10 apples in it. You know that's not true. What kind of a life do you think your family, your children, your grandchildren are going to have in this country if these people do what they want to do? You know, you know, I grew up in the 1960s. I was, I was maybe seven years old during the riots in South Plainfield. You grew up in the 60s, my people were dying every day. Okay? Thank you. Yeah. And this is just the work. Yeah. We trust the process. And, and, and that changed. There was, no, there was no racism in the United States. There was no racism. There was none. Now they've recreated racism. They've recreated it. in your world. So my forefathers who hung on that strange fruit, it did work. But what do you think? What do you think it's going to do for race relations when they make me pay you for reparations? What do you think that's going to do for race relations, officer? You think it's going to help? You think it's going to make white people like black people? I remember that. I saw that, and I was like, "Yep, the message is getting through." So. I agree with you that, yeah, reparations is not going to fix everything, but it will put us in a position where, you know, if you want to call me nigger, if you want to put it on your gun or wherever you want to put it at, you're going to do it at your house. I know you ain't going to bring it to me. 
You'll do it across the street. You'll do it somewhere else. I bet you, you won't walk into whatever communities that we create or whatever it is or how whatever that's going to look like. But I know based on past history, when we get reparations, because we will get it. I know we will get it. But when we get it, we will put ourselves in a position where they cannot do the shit that that bastard did in Buffalo, period. And that's what they're afraid of. And I want to go further. Yes, facts. And I want to go further with that because I saw people being like, do you think we should take our reparations conversations underground because they're attacking us? No, we push harder. And let me tell you why. Because at the end of the day, like you said, what are you going to do when you get reparations and white people come and take it? We're going to go live in our communities and we're going to tool up like they do. And we're going to get our guns. We're going to get our planes. We're going to get, we're going to hire your white See, we're going to hire your white folks who were in military that are in those uh, in those forums and all those Z groups and all that other stuff. We're going to be able to buy and trade them. We're going to hire them. Or actually, we got our own black folks that been in the military. They're going to create their own Z groups. And we're going to hire our own folks. We may hire y'all just long enough to train our Negroes and then send you away like y'all do us. But understand, with this money, we can protect ourselves. Trust and believe it. Because if you give us enough money, the type of money that we're really pushing for, the government's going to protect us because they're going to have to. Gendron says he considered targeting this shopping mall in Rochester, New York, and this one in the nearby town of Greece, as well as supermarkets in Hempstead, Long Island. He choreographed every detail. I've been planning this attack for what seems like years now. Every day that goes by, it feels less like a joke and more real, he posted. When he finally settled on the top supermarket in Buffalo, he decorated his AR-15 assault rifle with the names of other mass killers who are known white supremacists. They gonna treat us like rich white folk. That's what y'all really don't want. Real talk, real talk. To me, um, this feels like like everything that uh the Buffalo shooter said sounds like something I've like debated with some random Connor on Twitter about. Like this is like the average thought amongst like, or at least the people that are on Twitter, amongst like openly right leaning people. And isn't this leftist too? And leftist too. Like this this shooter, he falls, he he's he falls under that cake, he falls under that KKK populism. That's that Sauger mm-hmm. Chris duo. Absolutely. Like, and like this is like every average person. This isn't like some random radical outlier. No, this is like I to the extent that, that like this is to be connected to Tucker Carlson. Like, this is who is in everybody's house every night in these communities. This is the most popular, um, he's the most what, popular, uh, what's the word for this? Somebody help me out. Commentator, he's a commentator. Yeah, he's the most popular commentator in America. And like, he's in all of your houses. Like, there's a reason for that. He's resonating with somebody. Like, he's not creating the audience, he's chasing it. He has producers. His producers, they have a team. They go on the internet and figure out what's popping and they have Tucker speak to it. If every if if all Republicans were talking about reparations for Negroes, Tucker would be talking about reparations for Negroes. He is chasing, he's chasing the dragon. He's chasing the white working class. 
just like Bernie. But Tucker is like <laughs> Tucker has been very, very good at cloaking what it is he's actually saying. Like it sounds like he, if you if you're not thinking if you're not really abreast to what this is and you listen to what he's saying, it doesn't seem like he's saying anything nefarious. But he he he's gone he's into whistling. the forums. It's it's dog whistling. Yeah, I mean he's gone into the forums and he's found what what is the hot shit amongst the white supremacists, and he has packaged it up in a way that is consumable to the average American. Um, but again, he's not the source. He's chasing all of this. And this is like, this is the, this is the internet energy. Like this is the, the four chans, the, the eight chans, the, the deep dark web motherfuckers, all those motherfuckers. Um, this is what they're on. This is what they're talking about. And, you know, we also have to understand like the, the propaganda game that is being played on like all levels because even the like the 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 people that are supposed to be like like in the leftist spaces they don't want to be honest about like some of this dude's motivations like because he's he's not like the the super right-wing motherfucker he he's talking about he's anti-capitalist he has, he's anti-corporatist he wasn't poor he wasn't dumb. He had a future. He's eco-friendly. Like, and when he said he did the the political compass thing, he's like authoritative left. So it's not this is this is this is a mixture of the ideologies and the internet pipeline, the YouTube pipeline um, that was for the alt-right a few years ago. And now it's like for this like all right socialist shit that is kind of like being presented to people. But it's like, it's, I should, it's almost like class reductionist socialism that's being presented to people. And these all right motherfuckers are able to hide in that group because, you know, both, both groups are trying to get away from the race conversation. They're trying to get away from dealing with, uh, uh, the American descendants of chattel slavery in this country and our issue. Well, we're not going away. So, you know, I'm, I'm quoting someone, I don't even know who I'm quoting, but I remember this. Every day that we're walking around is proof that we are, that there is a crime in progress. Every day that we walk around, we are a reminder of the crime in progress. So they can try all they want. They can try to not talk about it try to not, try to dismiss it, try to hide it under somebody else, try to give somebody else the, the goodies that are, that are meant for us, if that's what you want to call it. But I think now with the way that they're trying, with the way that media and different political um, parties are trying to spin this, you know, by throwing it on um, conservatives or right wing or whatever's going on, I think that that's their new Trump. You know, that's the way that they don't have Trump to hide up behind anymore. So now they're going to try to do this. I think they're grasping at anything at this point as they get closer and closer to midterms and as they get closer and closer to, you know, the general election in 24. 
because they have nothing. And they know that we are their base. I'm talking about the Democratic side, the majority of our people, which I don't ascribe to any of these parties um, because they all agree that they want to, they disagree on how to abuse Negroes, but they agree that they want to abuse the Negroes. Thanks. I did want to say- nothing to say to us, sorry. You good. I did want to say real quick, uh, the reason I brought up Tucker Carlson at all is because I wanted to connect that to reparations. Because um, like I said, like he's not creating that audience, he's chasing it. And I think I stole that from Iron Man. But like, if we had reparations, there would be some, re there would be a reason for someone to chase us as well. So like the reason they keep us poor is so like nobody, like, like when the fact that we're kept poor is why like the, our propaganda machine doesn't produce anything. Like there's no there's no incentive for people for Tucker Carlson to be trying to put black issues on the news because there ain't no money in that. But if we had money, then it's it makes a lot less sense to be racist. And that's kind of been my problem consistently. It's like y'all want to overlook the obvious solution so y'all can go heal the world as long as the Negroes remain on the bottom. That has been like my biggest problem with the left as many times as I've tried to align, but like after this last situation, it's just, it's not possible. I'm over y'all at this point. Yeah, I'm over them too. Like, I can't, I really can't. And I, that's where I'm at. And it's not all of you guys, because like some of y'all can't be mad at me because I don't see you as the representatives of your community. Let's just keep it a book. Like your institutions, your media are still anti-Black racist. So you can be good white folk. And I like you as good white folk. And I'm glad you're an ally. I know you advocate to your people. I still try to talk to your people. For those of y'all who will still listen to me on this show. But, you know, but I can't not say what the truth is because you happen to be a good white person but you can't I'm not lumping you in a group but I'm sorry that you know the group that you're a part of tends to have a lot of like you know racists and people who are really anti-black but they feel like they're multicultural so they don't feel like they're racist but you can like people of color you can have Indian friends and Asian friends and still hate Black Americans who descend from chattel slavery. It's very easy to compartmentalize. It is. I call it like the pit bull syndrome. Like I know a lot of nice pit bulls. I, they're the silliest, some of the silliest ones I've ever met, but the reputation of the breed of what the damage that they can do, I do not like that breed of animal. So, and I, and I also say this, to my own views, no one else's. I do not think that there are any good white people. I think that there are some white people that have good moments. And then I think there are some people, some white people that just, just don't. They're just soulless people. So there may be a few out there that aren't like that. That's fine. But like I said before, you don't outnumber the ones that are doing what they're doing. Well, the left always wants to individualize white supremacy. And that's the gaslight. That's why they're, like you have to approach these conversations already knowing the deal because when you don't they get you with that like no you have to show and prove they always want to like uphold john brown uh, he died right and that's what happens when you attack the system you're going to be the first one to die and that's what i want my people to understand like it's like our individual relationships with white people don't matter this system 
And everybody who is not white that plays a role in white supremacy matters. And um, that standard should be that you sacrifice the way that we will. And when we sacrifice, we die. And but when they sacrifice, when they really sacrifice, they die too. And they're not willing to die. They're not willing to lose anything. Why would they when um, they're winning in this in this equation? So that's how we have to look at it. And that's why we don't need to listen to them or even hear their sob stories, or even have conversations, really. Right, do you got any, Mud, do you have any other angles you wanna go? Is there anything else you wanna say? Um, well, there are a couple of things that happened in the story um, that we should probably bring up. Uh, first, uh, the fact that one of the uh, clerks called 911 and the 911 operator hung up on them. Yep, I yes. heard the call. Yes. Oh my God. <clears throat> I looked up out the window and I saw this customer, this, this lady for her shopping cart. She just stopped and she just had this really funny look on her face. And then she just turned to run. And that was only like a few seconds, but it seemed way longer than that. And next thing you know, you just kept hearing boom, boom, boom. And you hear them coming inside the store and all we could do was just drop to the ground. Mm. The young lady I was working with, she um, proceeded to open the door and she crawled out on her stomach. I couldn't move that fast. So I just laid down flat on the floor and got against the counter and hope, praying that he didn't see me. And during this whole time, it's just constant, just shooting. He won't stop. It just is constantly going. And I was trying to think fast, and I'm like, I have to call 911. So I reached in my back pocket because my phone was back in my back pocket, and I dialed 911. And it takes you to like a like an operator. You have to go like go through first, and then it gives you to the operator. So it sounded like he was going back to the store, but he's still, as this is all going, he's just still shooting and just shooting. It just sounds like you're in the middle of a battlefield, and. When the lady came on the phone, I proceeded to whisper because I didn't know how many people there were in the store or anything. I just didn't want to be heard. And I said, ma'am, please send help. I gave her the address and I said, please send help. There's a person in the store shooting. And she proceeded to say to me, what? I can't hear you. Why are you whispering? You don't have to whisper. They can't hear you. So I said, ma'am, he's still in the store. He's still shooting. And I'm around this time, he's literally still shooting in the background. And I can hear him, like, you can hear the shooting coming back to the front. So out of nervousness, I dropped my phone, but it was in front of me. So the phone never hung up. And because I didn't have it to my ear, I couldn't hear what she was saying. And she said something, and then she hung up the phone. Like, isn't that ahead, like you're, you're in a situation where someone is murdering people and you have to be quiet and you're whispering and you think like, shouldn't these motherfuckers be trained to, to know like there's situations like that and to like, I don't know, have some type of procedure to deal with that <laughs> like you just you just hang up the fucking phone 
in the middle of a fucking mass like like this is crazy that person should be fired I, I, and there were more than one person on that call and I'll say this because I was in training when I lived in California at one point to be a 911 dispatcher so I'm telling y'all that that was not the appropriate um response to have I just think because of who was calling is why she got the treatment that she got period and that needs to be called into question as well as you know I don't know where that fits in in Rico but if I could tie that 911 operator into that I definitely would what would the left say the left would be like oh well you got to look at how much that worker is being paid and maybe that's why see that's like that's the loop-de-loop -loop that people will do with stuff like that no um 911 we've we've seen it with like abuse victims or whatever like they know the procedure so that right there is just mind-blowing and they and they need to go to jail they need to go to jail the parents need to be held responsible for this 18 year old whoever helped him with that damn um knowing which guns to take or which guns to use what I want, I want those four chain records pulled. Yep, all of that. Keep going. Yeah. All of it. I'm saying all of that needs to be done. All of it. It needs to be a domino effect of people going to jail if not put under it or lined up and shot. Period. Yeah, we need to also mention Discord because that's another thing he was using. So it's not just the four chain. Oh, and, yeah. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, you're right because he invited only especially took, he, uh, I guess, created a, a, a additional server and invited 15 people ahead of time when he was planning out what he was going to do, talking about it amongst them, and then invited, they got the special invite to actually view it when he did the massacre in real time. Wow. That's conspiracy. That's conspiracy. Writings from the suspected Buffalo supermarket shooter appear to show the details of a plot that was in the works for months. In a March post to an invite-only channel on the social media platform Discord, the alleged gunman identified the Topps supermarket as Attack Area 1, where he planned to shoot all blacks. Later that month, posts show he scoped it out in person and uploaded hand-drawn maps of the grocery store. In order for law enforcement to see content in a site like Discord or even private Facebook groups, they would have to be in that group at a particular time. Yeah, he had a special server. I believe it was on Discord or Twitch, one or the other, but there were 15 people that were, that were you know, privy to what was going on uh, a week up, leading up to when it happened so they knew so that's how it got you know when it went I don't know if it was actually um shown but the 15 people he invited I don't know how many of them actually attended but enough did to know that he did this live which is ridiculous so the fact that they witnessed it um you know I need to you know they can't tell me that the school was a lone wolf that's bullshit it's all bullshit. All the people that they've labeled in the past, mass shooters as lone wolves, is bullshit. They had help. They had plenty of help. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, and I wonder is is the media gonna follow that thread? Because I was wondering about that too. I heard about that he had the Discord server um, open prior to to actual the actual murders, 
Um, and he and like people actually showed up that like the FBI knows that. So yeah, track all those people down and they need to be in handcuffs and we need to figure out what the hey. fuck you know everybody was doing involved because there's no way because he's 18. He said he's been planning this for two years. That means he started when he was 16. There's no fucking way he he figured all this shit out. 16 year olds, come on. <laughs> like I'm 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 almost guaranteeing there's a group of older men that was grooming this motherfucker. They said that the 15, all of them accepted, but they're like, the person who's given those details is not authorized to do it. Authorities believe Gendron was living two lives, one in the pleasant suburb where he grew up, the other in the darkest reaches of the internet. Law enforcement sources tell us the newly revealed 589 page document indicates that shortly after graduation, the teenager began posting messages on the social media platform Discord, spelling out his plan of attack. He wrote about body armor and taunted federal law enforcement. It's unclear who had access to the posts or who saw them. According to the Washington Post, the 589-page document laying it all out was anonymously uploaded to a file-sharing site called Mediafire on April 29th, two weeks before the attack. Bullshit. Man, fuck him. That's bullshit. At the end of the day, man, I, I feel like with this thing, it's just a wake-up call. To, I think it's a wake-up call to all our people to realize that talking about white supremacy, this, and people think that this is like an abstract thing that's far away from you. No, it's up on you, and he really, yeah, this is like, I'm not gonna lie, this is some things that our ancestors probably went through and after slavery. Like, this is like, you know what I mean, that kind of violence, that, that, that violence is so heightened, and like, he killed so many old black people, man. First of all, he's a coward. Um, he definitely had help from 4chan and all that shit, being a fucking white gamer. You know the these motherfuckers is weird nowadays, man. So it's hard to kind of pinpoint them, but we, but we all we we all know that we we all know that you know if it was me on the four chan talking about I'm gonna kill white people, they would have locked me up immediately. On July seventh, two thousand sixteen, Micah X Johnson opened fire on a group of police in Dallas and killed five officers. Dude, that's a cop down. Yeah, there's four cops down. On the one year anniversary of the shootings. Rakim posted multiple times to Facebook expressing solidarity with Micah X. It baffles me, you know, to be put in the same categorization as people who run planes into the Twin Towers. Considering that you admired the tactics that Micah Johnson took against the police, would, that, would you say that's anything that Guerrilla Mainframe or yourself would actively do or pursue? No, with Gorilla Mainframe, our goal is to educate the people, and we educate the people through political education. We believe in self-defense, but we don't believe in attacking the state because we feel that that's what the state wants you to do. Those statements that you put on Facebook, do you recognize why the police would take that as a threat against the state? No, I don't, because there has not been anything that I've done physically to, to say that I pose as a threat. My political opinion does not affect one law enforcement agent or a police officer. On August 3rd, 2017, the FBI created the Black Identity Extremist Assessment, using the Dallas 2016 shooting 
and five other unrelated attacks on police as justification that this movement exists. Black identity extremists now considered a domestic terror threat by the FBI. According to the FBI assessment, it was very likely that these terrorists would target law enforcement officers in retaliation for perceived police violence against African Americans. Due to the assessment classifying the group as a domestic terror organization, the FBI is able to justify any invasive surveillance tactics used in monitoring these targeted individuals. Anything, anything talking about anything, me be on the gaming channel and I'm black, like your real shit, fuck this shit. You got to ride with white people. I would have got arrested immediately. Not him. Oh, fuck these niggas. Uh, you know, we the Jews and the niggas. And the, 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 those white boys be going crazy on this, man. They're young, too. I was going to say, too. I don't know Hashtag if it's Hashtag never Twitch. forget Doja Cat likes racist chat rooms. Hashtag Doja Cat. Oh, for sure. Oh, no, it's no, no worries. I was going to say, I don't know if it's on Twitch, Discord, or the 4chan, but there was a thing on, um, I saw it on YouTube where uh, they were talking about how people were getting banned off of those um, those message boards for you if they use the word crapper. But it's just amazing how, you know, you people that are going in and maybe fighting back or, or, or using the word, you know, use the word crapper can get totally snatched up out the paint. But this 18 year old, was 16 year old planning this up, you know, all the way up, had this two year plan to the point that he was able to create his own personalized server within a server and invite 15 of his closest friends to, you know, help him. I'm saying help him plan this shit out and watch it and see it through to the end in real time. I'm hoping, and I'm not indicting that in this entire generation, but the boomer generation, the ones that were, you know, forgive, forgive and all this other stuff. Now they're great, you know, their grandchildren and the great grandchildren of the white folks that they, that should have been checked a long time ago. Now their youngins are now doing the shit that we see now, period. And I, I'm just wondering if hopefully, you know, it, it shouldn't take another massacre for them, for, for some or enough of them, a critical mass of them to say, you know what? We didn't write it then. We should have checked that shit harder back then. We got to do something now. We got to do something different. You know, I feel like a lot of these problems that we're dealing with are from the fucking failures of reconstruction. Like, we're still dealing with this shit today. You know what I mean? If reconstruction, reconstruction would have played out, we would, yep. these problems would not be the same thing. They would have left us alone. We got a half political power. It would have been, if any schools would have been left us alone, just leave us alone. Right. That was not a good that. That. We, would have been a, we would have been a better version of the Asians because we would yes. have been more populated than them. Not only would have criminal, I, I also feel like, you know, I feel like the reparations thing for us is that we're going to, I feel like, if you think based on what we contributed to and everything, I'm sorry, we, we should be the most. You know, we, we should be the most elevated people and we will be the wealthiest group in this country. If it may have to reconstruction, not, not even they gave us our 40 acres. Like, even if he was like, you know what, if I give you 40 acres, but let reconstruction play out the way that, you know what I mean? Like, just let, If they would have just fucking left us alone. Yes. If they would have just been like, you're free, niggers, bye. Yep. We would have been good. <laughs> it was that they kept fucking with us. Yes, they did. They did. And that, that lets you know that there's the social aspect. Like, Jimmy, it's not all about money. 
it's a social aspect in people where people like to feel above somebody else. That's really even that's really a win for people. I'm trying to tell you, like, hey, John, vote on that shit. My bad. Hey, John, can I read you this uh one of his uh Discord logs? Yeah, and why he was so interested in black people. All right, brother, read it to me, Joe. Right. So American culture is centered around this. And I'm going to uh, say N-word for the rest of this because there's a lot of those. Well, so they have, real, holiday, right? they have holidays for N-words. They killed hundreds of thousands of white men to free N-words. They listen to N-word music. They elect an N-word as their president. They dress and act like N-words. They draw the entirety of their modern culture from N-words. They post sassy gifts about inwards, they watch sports ball featuring inwards. Pardon me, y'all. it's a bit more. But give me a sec, I gotta pull this up. Now, go ahead, Joey. I'm look, this, this that shit is well. I'm, I'm not gonna lie, that's all right. I'm listening to it, I'm not surprised. But God damn. Well, at least he admits that American culture is black culture. Yeah. They always been jealous. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is jealousy. Why? Did, where does the jealousy come from? Like, why are they jealous of us? Like, like, why are they so jealous of us? Like, if they, we, we make this like shit look good. good. No, we make this shit look good. But anything I'm we not- touch, anything we, anything we touch. I don't care what it is. It could be a piece of trash on the ground. We make something out of it. We are known as a people making something out of nothing. We are that I- good. Hey, Sister Kelly, like, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm kidding. I'm tired, man. Like, because it's like, I'm tired, bro. I, I think fight my, my bad, bro. Go ahead, go, go ahead, guys. Well, I think they they all made a deal as white people to look out for each other. And no black person is supposed to be above them. That's kind of the deal that they all kind of agree to. And whenever we succeed and we overcome whatever you know barriers they put in front of us they can't stand it they can't see, they can't stand the fact that we are supposed to be on the bottom but still we influence the world anyways motherfuckers care about what the fuck we are into more than they care about what the fuck this white boy was into i wanted to uh, finish up this uh this uh, discord post so uh, they watch sports ball in uh, worship of N-Words. Their biggest event of the year involves throwing po- parties in honor of N-Words playing sports. They use mm-hmm. N-Words playing like Brun Thought. Pardon me? Somebody say something? No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, when you say Martin Luther, they're not thinking of the father of Protestantism. They're thinking of the N-Word. Their cities are completely overrun with N-Words. They worship their, I'm sure this is some offensive term for Jewish people, police force disproportionately filed with N-words and their global police force of soldiers filled with N-words. Their men sit around watching N-word ball while their women sit around watching N-word talk shows and fantasizing about N-word dick. They worship black retarded gorilla N-words like Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson and the late Neil deGrasse Tyson, well, he's still alive, while attacking the whites who actually built their country before N-words took over. 
Uh, let's see. Their movies are filled with N-words and their music charts are topped by N-words. They send N-words to the Olympics and celebrate when the N-words win because those N-words are true, red-blooded American N-words. They watch N-words porn to a point where BBC does not make them think of the international media company, but about an N-word dick instead. They will tell you how much they hate N-words and how the Mutt's Law meme is a stale joke in that they're pretending to love N-words, but the evidence speaks for itself that in, that in America has always been a nation of inward loving inwards. Yeah. Wow. So all that he hates everybody else stuff was just some bullshit. Man, he went he's a fucking punk. He's a punk because all these white boys, you can look at them, even like the dude that made 4chan punk ass white boy. And, and, and he said all that, but then he goes in the grocery store and shoots down a whole bunch of elderly black people. That's crazy. If you was talking about all this shit, like the crime rate, but come on with a crime rate. Is really the crime rate. Come, I'm sorry. Come see us then. <laughs> like, I don't, I, come over here then. They don't. They never. Feel like all this shit. Like when it comes to Dylan Roof, Charlottesville, uh, motherfucking, uh, you know, uh, uh, Zimmerman. Where it comes to a lot of these people, man. You feel like, and then with this recent shooting, and they killed. You know what I mean? Like I think that uh, it was Miss Pearl. She reminded me of my great aunt. You know what I mean? I'm like, what the? This nigga's a coward, bro. He came in his grocery store and just shot the nigga. Well, with, with that being said, um, what are people's thoughts on him, like, being mistaken about, like, the, the white person and being like, I didn't mean to, like, shoot you or shoot at you? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, what yep. are people, like, doesn't it? become just clear that this is just all about like a hatred for us. The video live stream of the attack shows the manager of the supermarket, Christopher Braden, getting shot in the leg. As he crawls away, the gunman approaches him, takes aim, is about to open fire, but then backs away, spares the manager's life, and even says, sorry. Why? Because the manager is white. Correct. It is. And that's not the first time that happened. That happened the same time. I want to I'm not where I can actually look this up, but the same dude I was talking about at that grocery store where the brother shot back at him, he did the same thing in that grocery store. There was a white dude and he apologized. He wasn't, he didn't, he dodged him. He dodged shooting at him and went and shot someone else. So it's, it's, it's definitely a hate crime. It's definitely intended. I mean, we could have stopped it when he wrote the N word on his, on his gun. And this is your reparations. I mean, who else could he have been talking about? But we've got the powers that be that want to all lives, all lives matter it and include every other group in this and propel whatever their issues are forward off of the off of the blood of our people who got murdered. Not to mention weaponize it against us and like devalue our justice claim. That's how I feel too. And then like, even when you think of like Columbine and the shooters, like what happened? Oh, school to prison pipeline started. They started putting police in our schools when we weren't the shooters. And that's how they twist stuff. 
Facts. Facts. And that's right. what they're going right. to do. Because right. when Biden's talking about, oh, online and we got to deal with this and that, they're going to come for us. They're going to kick us off the internet. This isn't going to happen to the racists who keep using the word nigger and all this other shit. They're going to come for us. They're going to come for black media. I think that... Right. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to hurry. Bring up the point that when they had the uh, the mass shooter out here at Mandalay Bay, um, days later, that fucking I can't think of his name, a fucking Kiva L, uh, Attorney General. That's when he put out the shit about the black identity extremists, even though it was a white shooter that was shooting from the Mandalay Bay. COINTELPRO mainly targeted civil rights leaders such as Martin Luther King, and it's commonly understood that this was an abuse of its surveillance power in a manner to suppress a peaceful movement. So uh, I would like to ask Mr. Chair unanimous consent to enter this report into the record, which is black identity extremists likely motivated to target law enforcement officers. I believe earlier you said you were not familiar with the report. Is that correct? Well, I haven't read it. I know um, some of the alleged uh, targeting of, of officers uh, by okay, so I, I would group. like to know, and I'll ask you about that in a minute. So you um, are somewhat familiar with it. Who had the power in your department to order a report like this? I'm not sure how that report got ordered. I don't believe I explicitly uh, approved it or directed it. Okay, so uh, you're not, you haven't necessarily read the report, but you are familiar with the term black identity extremists? Well, I think so, yes. So can you tell me what that term means to you? Do you believe that there is a movement of African-Americans that identify themselves as black identity extremists? And what does that movement do? Well, I'd, I'd be interesting to see the conclusions of that report. But I'm aware uh, that there are groups that uh, do have an extraordinary commitment to their um, racial identity. And some have transformed themselves even into violent activists. So, Are you aware of white uh, organizations that do this as well? Given that white supremacy is well-documented, well-researched movements such as the neo-Nazis, the Ku Klux Klan, et cetera, are they white identity extremists? I'm, I didn't follow that question, please, again. Um, is there a term or a report on white identity extremists? You mentioned you were familiar with black people who identify with their racial identity. Yes. But it's not coming to me at this moment. <laughs> not coming to you? Uh, it's um, certainly a group such as the Ku Klux Klan. Yes, the and then the skinhead movements. But there's a racial identity, white movements uh, that have been identified for sure. So has the FBI done a report on white identity extremists that are likely motivated to target law enforcement officers? Um, Is there such I'm not a aware of that. Okay. Uh, are you aware of a group called the Sovereign Citizens? I've heard that group, yes. And I believe that the Sovereign Citizens is primarily a white organization that absolutely has targeted police officers and killed police officers. You're not aware of that? I'm not aware of all their crimes, but I know they're a group that's um, uh, known to have violent tendencies. Could you name an African-American organization that have committed violent acts against police officers? Could you name one today? In this report, they name organizations from 30, 40 years ago, but can you name of one today that has targeted uh, police officers in a violent manner? I believe I could, but I would want to be uh, to confirm uh, that and submit it to you in writing. But I believe we had within the last year or so, four police officers killed by a group that some have described as uh, 
uh, extremists. So what has happened is, is that there have been a couple of incidents in which African Americans did kill police officers who were not associated with a black organization. And so one, for example, in Baton Rouge was associated with sovereign citizens, which is primarily a white group. So you should know that a lot of activists around the country are very concerned that we're getting ready to repeat a very uh, sad chapter of our history, where people who are rightfully protesting what they consider to be an injustice in their community, which is their uh, relationship uh, with police officers, are now being targeted and labeled as extremists and are going through periods of surveillance and harassment. And so I would like to know, what is your department going to do to protect the rights of average citizens to protest if they have a concern about police officers? This department will not unlawfully target people. So if that's the case, then I would ask that you review this report, Black Identity, Identity Extremists Likely Motivated to Target Law Enforcement Officers, because I personally don't believe that any such organizations exist. The organizations that are referred to in this report uh, are organizations from decades ago. And so I would like to know what will you do to essentially roll back what is listed in this report, because it's not accurate. So yeah. it's always turned on us. I can never understand how the white person does it, but then all of a sudden we need to look at the black people. It's like, what? They did the same, you know, with the dude that went into the, that shot up the uh, massage parlor. But then it was about Asian hate with respect to black people. So I'm just, I don't understand why when somebody else does something, then it's like, you got to tamper down on the mid. I just don't get it. I, I, I don't understand the connection why all of a sudden that's like a, a reminder. Oh, there was a white dude that shot up, you know, 100 black folks, but oh, we need to put some more rules on the Negroes. I'm like, how do you, how is that even a default move to make? It doesn't even make sense. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense, but at the end of the day, I feel like, I'm not gonna lie, like, I feel like, uh, you know, a lot of our failure, a, a lot of our failure is fuel, you feel me, if fuel was the way that our system works in, the, in America, like, niggas ain't shit, and you get to come to America and uh, you get to, you know what I mean? If you, you feel me, if you play into niggas and shit, you might win. You know what I mean? Like, you might lose too, though. So, like, but you got a highest chance of winning if, if you play into niggas and shit, of losing. Like. And so, like, it's a, it's a, it's a very complicated, it's a, it's a complicated issue. Like, you know what I'm saying? But at the end of the day, man, I don't give a fuck. I feel like, like, we, I feel like we're the most resilient people on earth. Like, like we, like we, the most resilient people love us, man. Like I, you, you can't stop us. Like we fucking like real shit. Like our people was fucking like you, we, we, we fucking beast. Like you can't stop us, man. Like, Think about it. If you got white supremacy and they're gauging how great they're doing by how bad that they can, you know, victimize us, then if we aren't in that position anymore, then who are they going to be white supremacists over? So in a way, that I think they're just trying to, to me. I think they're trying to weed out or make the rest of us bend the knee, so to speak, when they do these mass shootings. It's like trying to get us to bring us to heel so that we will just stay in our place and shut up about it and not do anything about it and don't react. Well, yeah, that's but the, I am that's the point of terrorism, right? To make you afraid so you won't fight back. Exactly. But uh, like you said earlier, Sam, 
we are pouring on the gas. I'm seeing more people just pouring on the gas. There's nobody backing away in fear and horror and all that stuff. It is now angered. I think it's getting to the point where it's anger. It's not the shock value anymore. There's no surprise. It's just a matter of when. And now we're enough of us. Hopefully there's more than a critical mass of us are, are tired of it. So the, we keep the drum beat. We stay the course. We push for our justice claim. It doesn't, it doesn't stop because we had an asshole, which they know didn't work alone, go and, and carry out his, his what he thought was a mission at a fucking grocery store. Yeah, that guy was a pussy. <laughs> he's a pussy. I mean, I mean, I just, I mean, the way that this, that shit, he's a fucking coward, but. Oh, he's bitch day, made. No, he's yeah. bitch made. And whoever else helped him, I'm telling you right now, you're bitch made too. You're all bitch made. I said it. I hope you don't edit this out. I don't think he was that smart, though. I mean, I really don't. I don't think he was that bright. He had plenty of help. I don't think he came up with a 180-page nothing. His ass couldn't even stay in school long enough. So now he's outside of high school that he was threatening to shoot up at one point. I mean, tell me outside of that he was able to, you know, to crank out a fucking thesis. That's bullshit. He had help. He's not that smart. He was not that smart. He was just the henchman that they put out there to do the deed and he cowered and he bitched out and went to what? shoot no he shoot. got help but kelly no this kid was like had a future he was about to go to like he was about to go to school for like some type of science this was a stem kid no he had help but no he wasn't that's what i'm saying he's not like a he's not a dissociated youth this was a white kid with a future he threw it all the way so he could kill black people See, I, and that's why I don't want to give, I, I guess with me, because I'm so angry, I don't want to give them credit. Because I can say the same thing about Lori Laughlin's children. They had a future too, but they had help. And I know I'm making a stretch, but I'm just saying. He was, he was he actually smart. smart. No, this is just my point. Because the white leftist thing is, oh, people only do racisms because they're poor and they're stupid. He was going to, about to go to college for STEM. Like he wasn't dumb. And he wasn't poor. He was just a racist asshole who decided to kill black people. You know what I'm saying? Because that's the narrative that the white leftists like to use. They like to be like, oh, well, you know, if, if you oh, just yeah. would have given them Medicare for all and some free college, they wouldn't have been out here and killed everybody. <laughs> oh, no, I don't, think, I don't think that. I don't think that. I don't think that. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Oh, that also no, but people will take it that way. Yeah. That also plays into that also plays into the right wing thing where, you know, anytime someone does this, they want to act like they're crazy or mentally ill. Um, well, he he said he uh, was checked up and, you know, he, he doesn't have any mental illness and he was stopped based on that uh, incident in high school where he wrote an answer on a test saying that uh, after school, he's going to do a murder suicide. Uh, they evaluated him and they cleared him. The investigation and the growing questions about the warning signs missed. The suspect interacting with law enforcement around the time of his high school graduation just a year ago. His alleged threats at the time and tonight what's now been found. What was put online just two weeks ago. And the question was the suspect's plan out there weeks before this horrific attack. ABC's Chief Justice Correspondent Pierre Thomas on what he's learned tonight. He's right here in Buffalo with us. In this photo, he looks like any other high school senior. Peyton Gendron, 
riding in his school's graduation parade. But what law enforcement sources tell ABC News is that in the days before that photo was taken, something happened that raises serious questions about red flags and missed signals. They say that shortly before graduation, Gendron was assigned to write a paper about his plans. He referenced committing murder-suicide. The school called the state police. The individual was brought in for a mental health evaluation. He was evaluated and then he was released. There was an investigation, but no charges were ever filed. They said there was no mental illness. This was just a motherfucker who was dedicated to hating black people. Like, we have to, we have to stop playing. Like, that is not an option that white people have chosen in this country. Like, white people on all sides want to make it about everything but that. But that is what this is. It's, it's not about a government program. It's not about poverty. It's not about any of the mental illness. It's not about any of this, these other excuses that they want to come out with. It's just about hating niggas. And we got to deal with that. It's evil. It's pure evil. Because when you give them excuses, they will use them. That's what that whole manifesto was about. He was just trying to hide like the fact that, first of all, this guy wanted to die. Like, he, the, that's that whole murder-suicide thing. Like, you don't go out doing these things expecting to live. So he knew he was, he assumed he was going to die. He went out and shot some people and shit. And, like, y'all just feeding this man excuses. Y'all feeding the next shooter excuses as to why it's not really racist. It's not really terrorism. He just had a toothache. Yeah, that's what they did with the other dude that shot up the massage parlor. They said he was just having a bad day. And that's some shit. He was having a bad damn day. Oh. <laughs> isn't, isn't the family trying to blame this on COVID? Isn't the family trying to blame this on COVID? Yeah, they're trying to say I was COVID depressing or something. Some dumb shit like that. He's the teen accused in the Buffalo supermarket massacre in full hazmat gear. He was so terrified of catching COVID, he wore the protective gear when he went to class at his community college. Now Peyton Gentron's family appear to be building a COVID defense, claiming he became paranoid and isolated during the lockdown. He got into some nasty stuff. He's smart enough to get into dangerous stuff online, which maybe the average person wouldn't know how to get into. But the so-called COVID defense is undermined by Gentron's own chilling words posted on social media. His meticulous step-by-step -step planning started three years ago before COVID even hit. Well, I was going to say too, if you guys haven't already brought it up. Well, no, you didn't because you guys started when I uh, just got on. But even Narkin and Cobra, has tried to politicize the Buffalo um, massacre. I don't mm. know if you guys want to get to that or saw no. it, but they no, made go it. Ahead. Kick it off, go ahead. He, okay, so Narkin and Cobra posted on Twitter regarding the Buffalo shooting, uh, saying that we need to rethink lineage-based reparations because, um, you know, because the shooter was not um, singling it out whether or not they were shooting basically you know, um, descendants, whether they, whether or not they were shooting freedmen. So because they were just shooting anyone that was black, we should now just do away with lineage-based reparations. So everybody on Twitter tore them up. They took the, um, took the tweet down, they deleted it. But of course, our smart brethren and sisters in the freedmen struggle went ahead and screenshot it and still lit them the fuck up. So they're even politicizing it as to further damage our justice claim.
It's sick that you did that. I hope somebody from Narcan and Cobra is listening because that was sick shit you did. Sick. That that's that tone that they have. Like, you know, and I'm not even surprised. Then, you know, in my city, you got the and Cobra chapter saying something different, but not saying anything either too much, you know. So it's it's like this runaround with them right about now. Um, but I'm not surprised. And there's somebody very impulsive and mad behind that Twitter account. Um, but that's how they are in real life. So I'm grateful for that because now we get to see it even, even more. We can assume that he wasn't hunting people from the diaspora because he wasn't out in those countries. He wasn't saying, hey, any Nigerians in here? Hey, any Jamaicans in here? No. He did the research. He, he found where the Black people were by zip code. Like, you can't t- try to turn this into an All Lives Matter thing. Every time you Thanks. do that, you are promoting genocide. Miss Kelly, what you were saying earlier about, I guess your, your theory is like, it can't just be one of us or some of us. It has to be all of us, you know? And like, I'm, that's why I was talking about Emmett Till's mom. It's like, you know, she made it clear, like, it's all of our business. And we have to get back to that. And there shouldn't be just like one Asada, because we were, t- you were talking about um, legal support. And, you know, with Asada, her, her aunt did a lot of her cases. He was a lawyer, you know. And yeah, we, we should be able to get a network of that. And that should be the NAACP should be, you know, the inherent network for that they used to be. But now, like, we, it's like we're all out here by ourselves. And I do think it's because they got those butter biscuits. Everybody already got paid 40, 50 years ago. One other thing I wanted to say about the media response is, have y'all noticed the, like, complete lack of AOC recently? Like, remember she went down to the border to cry about those kids in cages? But isn't she from New York? Thank you. Where is she? Where is she? I've been asking that. Like she that. said about the Amazon shit, that's not her. Uh, that's not her district. Oh, I guess what is black? I mean, who is black? We're all black. You're definitely not. He wasn't looking for her. But I guess I, never mind. Let me. I just wanted to say, like, when I look at that Maxine Waters homeless uh, video when she was down in the homeless encampment, it was like, it's coming. It's coming. And you're two seconds from somebody jerking you up for the stuff that you're doing. Like, you can see it. You can see it on both sides of the equation from the right to the left. Because, like, I just feel a lot of these rights that we've had or by people that sacrificed for us to even get them just in America, period. And because it hasn't been maintained, like it's starting to uh, trickle down and, and we're getting losses, like that Roe versus Wade situation loss. Like, aha, get out on the street, white women, and get your stuff right because you relax. But our, our like struggle has always been consistent generationally. And so that's just the difference. So now everybody doesn't have, everybody's not going to really have time to hate on us like this because they have work to do within their own, with their own life in America. Well, don't come to me for no damn coalition. You can go to hell with that. You do something for me first and I'll think about what I'm going to do with you. Cause that's the thing. They always use us to up their numbers for their bullshit. And then I don't see nobody. I'm like, where, where are these Brown people at? 
have they taken to the streets? Where, where are they at? Where's this? Like I said, I, I posted the other day. I think that we need to change lexicon instead of this black and brown and all this stuff. Let's do LGBT and brown. Let's do Asian and brown. Let's do, you know, whatever else in brown. Where, where are all these and browns? Where are they at? Where are they at? And I know they have other things that they want to take care of, but hey, and you, you know you need our help in order to push that shit over the goal line. So I'm saying I'm not helping nobody push shit over until my stuff is taken care of first. And then I'll think about whether or not I want to help you do anything at that point. I'll think about it. I'll, I'll, I'll devise a commission to study it. And in 30 years, I'll let you know how I feel. Because we can't trust y'all. We, we, we can't trust y'all. To, we can't help you and trust you because we know like every time we help you, you'll just come and accept the status quo. We, we help people and expect them to become like freedom fighters. And that never bores out in reality. That never bears out in reality, pardon me. You can't get mad at us for not wanting to keep doing the same shit over and over again. Like fool me once, same on me, fool me twice. Like, come on, you know? fool me once shame on you fool me twice like we just keep walking up for letting y'all rob us so like i said it's time for everybody to start holding their own nuts and if you want to start talking about real coalitions but again we go first if you want our help we go first if not you better figure out how to do that shit on your own and miss dumbass brie brie keeps talking about well America's a majority white country. Yeah, but it's kind of split down the middle. It's the Negroes that push this shit towards justice. If the Negroes sit it out, this country is shit. Like this country becomes more American, more American values through the Negro struggle than it ever has been through what whites have done for this country. Sorry. We can't, we cannot trust the left anymore. Sorry. Like. I agree. I've been done with them for quite some time. I've been done with them for quite some time. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. We truly have no representation anywhere. Even the black elected officials we have now with respect to what happened in Buffalo aren't even taught. They're still not talking right. But they'll find a way, I suspect, to try to shame us into voting for them come these midterm 2020, uh, 2022 elections and for the 2024, and they can kiss my ass, period. And I mean that with every fiber of my being, every fiber of my being. There is no representation. We can't even get it when the shit is with proof and somebody wrote a 180-page based damn thesis uh, manifesto and their big thing is talking about every other ethnic group and and maybe a little bit of ours. And I'm tired of it. It's over. It's over, y'all. It's over. I in Philly, when we were doing a lot of police, anti-police work, like we worked with this uh, leftist organization called Workers World. And that's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Like, right, they basically fleeced the movement. Um, when it was when it was right when immigration was the hot topic they just went into that used like organizing that was already built around police violence to like grift to that and right now they're advocating for like 
unionizing Starbucks and white women were Roe versus Wade's protests. And, and so that's why it's like, for these specific people that I know, I will never trust them ever again because they weren't genuine. They don't care. They don't want black liberation. They just really want to look like do good or white people. They can look like any. Yep. And so they're going to look like whatever they want to look like. The point remains that we have a justice claim. We have more than proof. No one needs a damn study. We don't need to be shot up anymore. We don't need, we need what is due us, period. That's it. Point play, period. We've got people that can come in to Buffalo, scope it out the day before. We got Dumbo's that talk to them the day before for an hour and 45 minutes, and then the idiot can come back and shoot up the place. But even before that even happened, the powers that be that can fucking throw me off of Twitter for asking a question about porn that was unnecessary, which I was, which was what my question was about because it was totally unnecessary. It's a play, which is another story for another day. But the whole thing is, is they can monitor if our eyelash falls out wrong, but they knew that this dude was doing, was planning to do what he was going to do. And then even up until the act and then the act happened and then allowed this fucker to, un to uncloak himself with all of his, his armaments and, and artillery and everything else and be taken gently in. I'm just wondering, and I tweeted this too and I don't give a shit who cares. I want to know if they stopped by and got him a burger on the way to the station. That's what I want to know. If you got that Dylan roof treatment. Yeah, did they get him a burger? Did they go to, I want to know, did they go to Burger King or did they change up and go to, you know, Mickey D's? Which, what did they do? What, what was it? Because they, he was, they treated him so gently, it was ridiculous. They need to be, law enforcement there needs to be dealt with too. Because even the pictures that I saw, the still shots, of the people yelling at the cops, you know, and, and, and in protest and upset, rightfully so, just the, the facial expression on law enforcement is like, you know, like, oh, well, what do you want us to do about it? This is nonchalant. But then, you know, I'm not shocked either, because like I said before, when the hell has white, I'm not saying that the cops that were in the pictures are white supremacists, but when have they not been on the force anywhere USA? When somebody can answer that question for me, then I don't understand what sense it makes that to tell us that law enforcement, I mean, that white extremist groups have um, have infiltrated every facet of law enforcement and the shooter made reference to, he didn't name names, but in his manifesto, he mentioned how he gets along with certain white extremists or whatever that are in law enforcement and in the military, <laughs> which means that they all knew. I'll, I'll take a breath, y'all. All right. Do we, is there anything else we want to cover, you guys? I, I just want to say that any any of our people that are involved in leftist spaces, you guys got to come up out of that. You got to understand that they've been tokenizing us. They've been using our narrative while pushing agendas uh, behind our backs and in front of our faces that um, do not benefit us. And that's just the bottom line. And you guys need to come up out of that. 
And if you're for black liberation in America, we're gonna have to do it ourselves. The left is every bit as responsible for the Buffalo shooting as the right is. Every time they try to ignore your issues, they create these shooters. They tell these shooters, it's okay to go kill black people because black people's problems don't matter anyway. They are politically irrelevant and we don't have to consider them. And they won't and stop fucking complaining. Yep. And that's why they keep shooting us. And that's why, they, like, oh God, okay. The left, specifically for black people on the left, if these people are not leading with reparations, they are tricking you into being a coon. It is what it is. Either you win it or you ain't. But most of y'all are like already like coons anyway. But like for the few people that's just confused, I'm telling you now, those people will burn you and you will be over here with King Killmonger before you know it. Now, I know Mud will make this very articulate, and after all that good editing, this episode will be really good. But I just want to thank everybody for being here with us, and I hope we did this justice because this isn't like a clickbait kind of thing for us. This is like a a pain and like a real conversation in a way of like trying to work things through for ourselves as well as like a group because we had to process this shit and what is it this is a this is like a week later and I'm still trying to process it so that's all I got yeah. thank you for watching listening to reset race you now tuned in the reset race uh uh you're listening to Reset Race, you're now tuned in to Reset Race. Put them back on the grill again, we grilling them. Put them back on the grill again, we grilling them. Put them back on the grill again, we grilling them. Back on the grill again, we grilling them. You're listening to Reset Race. Adults need reparations to make America great. You're tuned in to Reset Race, we no longer starving while others eat off our plate. No. You're listening to Reset Race, we focused on our justice claim, we know what is at stake, uh, you tuned in to Reset Race, you'll find out we're really about justice and really who fake, on the edge, go back to U.S. Southern plantations, Pennies, Jim Crow, and mass incarceration, redlining lynchings, we are old from this nation, not about justice if you ain't for reparations, MG the wise one, cousin mother intellectual, Samantha bringing fire, anti-black, we pressing you, no permanent friends and no permanent enemies, the backbone of the country, the win, you need our energy, you gon' see, listening to Reset Race, you now tuned in the reset race. Uh, uh. You're listening to reset race. You now tuned in the reset race. Uh, put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Put them back on the grill again. We grilling them. Back on the grill again. We grilling them. Uh, you're listening to reset race. Adults need reparations to make America great. Uh, you're tuned in the reset race. We no longer starving while others eat off our plate. No, you're listening to reset race. We focused on our justice claim. We know what is at stake. Uh, you're tuned in the reset race. You find out we're really about justice and really who we fake. 
Until you do right by me, everything you think about is gonna crumble.